On this week's episode of Life and Lessons, I speak about the power of external accountability when it comes to getting anything done in life. And I make the case that people don't fail because they lack talent. They fail because they give up far too soon. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to this episode number 155 of Life and Lessons. I'm Sean Spooner, and if you're new here, here's what you need to know. This podcast is the place where I share the lessons I wish I knew sooner. Think of this as me learning out loud, sometimes on my own, and sometimes joined by the most interesting people I know. The only thing that's guaranteed with this podcast is that every time you press play, you're going to learn something new. Now, If you're watching on YouTube, assuming that this video makes it to YouTube, the reason I say that will make sense in a moment, you'll notice that this setup is very different. I'm not in the usual setting. This, what you can see now, if you're watching on YouTube, isn't going to be the standard week in, week out podcast setup. This is a set that I'm testing for standalone YouTube videos, but today is Thursday. I plan to record a bunch of YouTube videos in bulk on Saturday. And so this here is really my only chance to test out the kind of beginning to end production process of using this setup here. So hopefully it looks okay. Hopefully I haven't ran into any issues between saying these words here and eventually editing it, color grading it, making sure it all works and getting it uploaded to YouTube. So if you can see this on YouTube, it means that it was somewhat successful. If you can't, if this isn't on YouTube for some reason, it means that there was a problem that I'm going to go back and address between now and Saturday before I get around to recording all of those standalone videos. Um, But the reason for this setup is actually quite interesting because um, earlier this week, I forget which day, Monday evening, I think, uh, I had Thomas Frank on the podcast. Thomas Frank, of course, the OG of productivity YouTube. He's been on the platform for like 10 plus years. He has somewhere close to 3 million subscribers. And we spoke about all sorts. You're going to hear that conversation in a few weeks time. But during that conversation, um, I pointed out that his setup was ridiculous, right? His podcast setup with like a microphone on a desk and a camera over there and the lights and stuff behind him just looks incredible. And we were talking about a couple of the YouTube ideas and videos that I'm working on currently. And he basically encouraged me to make my standalone YouTube setup better, right? Encouraged me to make it look nicer. And so what you can see here if you can see this, is essentially version one of that because I want to take YouTube as a platform far more seriously this year. And I think there is a, I wouldn't say an upper limit to to what the podcast alone can do on YouTube because you only need to look to places like Modern Wisdom or Joe Rogan to realize that actually, yes, there are outliers and, and podcasts alone can do incredibly well on YouTube. But this platform this platform being YouTube. I apologize if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I will get onto the normal stuff in a minute, I promise. But this platform here rewards kind of tightly cut, um, well-packaged videos. And that's what I want to get more into. You've seen the five years sober video. You've seen the leaving the UK to plan this year video. I want to produce more videos like that. And to do that, I need a nice repeatable setup. When I say repeatable, I mean that everything you see behind me from the tree to these two lights over my shoulders to that light there, to the book, to the lights, which are hopefully lighting me without too many shadows right now. I need to be able to get this ready, set it up so it looks there or thereabouts the same behind me and on me and around me 
every single time I record a video, but I need to be able to do that in such a way where it doesn't take a lifetime to set it up. I know exactly where the camera goes, where everything goes. I can pack it up, right? Take it out, record the video, pack it up. And this system here that I spent a couple of days working on is getting there. Um, those two lights behind me are from Ikea. You wouldn't believe actually what is causing these lights behind me um, to do what they do. It's the most bootleg cheap way of doing it imaginable but it works that light there's from ikea these two lights i already had the camera is way further away than it usually is right now um but it's okay hopefully this works and hopefully by the end of march you're going to start to see standalone youtube videos from me this is something that i'm really excited about this is something that i think i can add a lot of value in the space of productivity and happiness and self-improvement and all of the topics that we speak about here on this podcast the podcast will of course remain but supplementary to that is going to be standalone videos i'm very excited and yeah they're coming soon um there are two things that i want to talk about today and they're somewhat related or at least they all come from the same kind of cluster of events that have happened recently the first and i think this is huge so i really want to lean into this idea is the idea of relying on the power of external accountability to help you get things done right because it has been a recurring theme both in my life more broadly, but also in the last few weeks with the things I've been doing and the people I've been speaking to that, at least for me, and maybe this says a lot about me and won't be helpful for you, but at least for me, when there is some kind of external accountability involved in any sort of project that I set out upon, any sort of goal I have, anything I want to do in life, when I track back the last five or six years, I realize that it is in the moments when I make myself externally accountable to other people, whether they're friends, family members, or indeed strangers who listen to a podcast who I've never met. It's those projects, it's those moments, and it's those times when I follow through with the thing I'm trying to do far more often than not. And the reason I pull this up, like I say, is because over the past few weeks, there have been a bunch of different examples that I've been spotting almost like this recurring trend in my life in the short term, that it is this external accountability that's pushing me forward. So uh, if you listen to Modern Wisdom, you may have heard the Life Hacks episodes. And on those Life Hacks episodes, you'll know Johnny and Yusuf. Those two guys run the propane fitness and propane business businesses. Uh, I have Yusuf, Dr. Yusuf Smith, involved in a video that I'm working on over the next few months. And as part of that video, we're doing a couple of kind of checking calls. One of those checking calls, the first one was earlier this week, I think Monday afternoon. Um, and I don't want to say too much about that video idea. I think it's a banger, but saying too much will give away the idea and there'll be this big reveal in like late May, early June of what that video is. But he pointed out, interestingly, without me prompting him, that actually in at least two separate ways with this video, I am forcing myself to do something that's good for me, that is a positive habit, but that would be very difficult to otherwise do. I've proven that in the past with my lack of doing this certain thing for the next 90 days. And I'm relying on both local external accountability, i.e. I'm going to be speaking to Yusuf at the end of this, so I need to fucking follow through with it, right? And also kind of global, more broad external accountability in as much as this entire hundred-ish day project that I'm embarking on is going to become a YouTube video. And so I know that providing I actually make the video, which I think I'm going to, I know that at the end of these 90 days, I'm going to need to sit in this spot here, hopefully it looks okay, in this spot here and look into this camera here 
and talk to you about the results, right? And so as far as I'm concerned, that video is going to be released anyway. So I need to do whatever possible because of that external accountability to make sure I'm doing the thing in the meantime, to make sure that that video and its story arc and the results at the end of it all make sense, right? A second example, we've just spoken about it, the external accountability of Thomas Frank, who has asked me in a few months time when that particular video that I just spoke about is made, he's asked me to send him a link. He wants to watch it. He thinks it would be a cool video, right? It's rare that somebody with 260, sorry, 460 subscribers on YouTube, whatever I have, not many at all right now. It's rare that somebody with so few subscribers is encouraged by somebody with almost 3 million subscribers to send them a video when it's done so they can check it out, right? So that means that that video is going to get done because the, the accountability has been outsourced to somebody else. Similarly, with this setup here, right? Although this is very indirect, the fact that I had a conversation with this big creator who was very supportive and kind with his time, with his advice. And he said, look, go and build a better setup. He sent me a link to all of his previous setups, all of the behind the scenes kind of photos so I could understand how things like the lights behind me are constructed. He said, go and do that. When I sent him that link to that video in a few months time, there is a certain implicit one directional pressure, i.e. I'm the only person who feels the pressure, he definitely doesn't care, that the setup is going to be better than the grey backgrounded podcast room, right? So that's another thing. And then if I zoom out more broadly, um, not drinking, although it wasn't only external accountability that encouraged me through those first, say, 100 days, that first year of going sober to actually continue, it was all of the benefits that we've spoken about before. But there was a tweet that I sent out on, I think it was the 4th of January, 2018. Four days into not drinking, right? That's, that's not even not drinking at that point. If most people drink once a week on a weekend, like anything less than seven days of not drinking isn't really not drinking. It's just waiting until the next weekend. But I tweeted something like, just on a night out, sober, think I can do this for a year. And there were a couple of replies. I think Ryan Merton good friend of mine who's been on this podcast a few years ago. I think he replied and he said, I forget exactly what he said, so I won't paraphrase too much, but essentially the, the kind of subtext of his tweet was, that's a nice idea, but that's probably not going to happen, right? That, that's a challenge. You probably won't make it through. I think from memory, that's what he said there or thereabouts. That was an external accountability, again, with two different layers. Firstly, I had told the whole of Twitter, or at least a couple of thousand people who follow me there, that I had an intention to go out and do something. And so if they saw me that next weekend, drunk, right? If I was presenting myself to the world as somebody who couldn't keep their word for more than seven days, I just know, and you know the same if this is in your life, right? That would make me look silly. And then on another level, <laughs> I hate to admit it, but that tweet from Ryan when he's like, yeah, you're not going to get that done. Of course, it kind of drove me, right? It kind of made me think, actually, I believe that I can get this done. And if I have so far presented a version of myself to the world where people who know me think I can't, then I should probably lean into making sure that I can, right? I should probably lean into that external accountability. Um, there's been other examples, things like this podcast, right? You know, if you listen regularly, that this is supposed to come out every Friday. And although I occasionally apologize and say, sorry, it hasn't come out, for the most part, it comes out every Friday. And the reason for that, to an extent, again, this is there are a bunch of interconnected things going on here, but to an extent, one of the reasons why it comes out every Friday is I know that there are people 
waiting for it one way or another, right? Whether it is to listen to it on their commute, whether it's to listen to it on the drive home, whether it's to listen to it on a Sunday morning, on the weekend after when it comes out. There are people who have an expectation that this podcast is going to land in their inbox or on their YouTube at some point on that Friday. And so I wouldn't just be letting myself down if I wanted to do it, right? Because I built this dynamic where this podcast, which gives me so much, is also kind of expected by people other than myself. I can't give myself the bullshit of saying, oh, I just won't do it this week. It's okay. I'll do it next week because it's not just me who's going to realize it's every single person who has ever invested a single minute of their life into listening to this and clicked a subscribe button and looks out for it. They're going to be disappointed, right? Hugely powerful. And then the most recent example, actually, this is where this really kind of became connected was today. So I'm doing couch to 5k right now. I think I told you about this a couple of weeks ago in October, I'm going to be running the Cardiff half marathon. And I promise you, I cannot run for shit right now. I am genuinely incredibly unfit, right? I, I've been using like the, the Apple watch tracking stuff on my phone. The data proves this, right? I'm not subjectively unfit. I am like very unfit. And so I know that if I were to go outside and begin running, and just kind of play it by ear, right? Say, oh, I'll run until I feel like stopping. I'll run until I think that, you know, oh, that's, that's enough for today. I'll come back tomorrow. 100% I would be running less than I already currently am because we are energy preservation beings, right? There is good evidence to suggest and good reason through evolution why we are fairly lazy, right? We will generally take the path of least resistance. We will generally do the thing which helps us preserve energy because for hundreds of thousands of years, that made sense, right? When you didn't know where the next meal was coming from, when you didn't know when the next bison was going to walk by that you could kill and eat, you had to preserve energy. And it's hardwired within us to kind of take the easy route out. More often than not, I'm making a generalization here. And so I know that if I was just playing it by ear of, oh, I'm going to go for a run and, oh, I'm a bit out of breath now. Oh, I better start heading back. I wouldn't run as far as I am. I'm only two days into Couch to 5K, but bear with me here. You see where this is going. Using the Couch to 5K app, having a voice in your ear for those 30 minutes who eventually will be telling you to carry on running. But right now it's just telling me to run for 60 seconds, then do a fast paced walk for 90, then 60, 90, 60, 90, I think eight times over. There were times on this run today, where I still feel actually a little bit out of breath from it, but there were times on this run today, I kind of run down a river path for a couple of kilometers, get to the end of it, turn around, run back. And that is almost the perfect distance and almost the perfect time. And as I was getting towards the halfway point, I wasn't even halfway through this 25, 30 minute session. I was absolutely fucked. Like genuinely, I was doing this 60 second running stint and it was one of the longest 60 seconds of my life. But because that voice in my ears hadn't yet said, okay, now it's time to stop running, I had to continue running, right? There is a huge amount of power in making yourself externally accountable to people you know, to strangers on the internet, to apps, to systems, to reminders in your calendar. And I've been looking into this today whilst trying to prepare um, this point to present to you, right? Because I want to make sure that I'm presenting this on some sort of evidence and without going into citations. I've read some of the research and the research overwhelmingly agrees. When you are externally accountable, whether it's one-on-one -on -one because you want to start running or going to the gym and you do it with a friend and on the days when you can't be bothered, your friend texts you and they say, get up, we're going. And on the days when they can't be bothered, 
the same happens in reverse, right? Whether it's a big grand goal that you have, and rather than keeping that in your head, you tell the world. Whether it is a a commitment that you've made to be a better person in some way, rather than just trying to live through that moral, tell your partner, tell your mum, tell somebody, right? There is a huge amount of evidence and a huge amount of anecdotal proof in my life that making yourself externally accountable with whatever it is you want to do this year, whatever it is that you want to do in life will help. So if there's something that you want to do, whether it's running a half marathon, whether it's starting a business, whether it's quitting smoking, quitting drinking, quitting whatever, right? Do one of two things right now. If it's safe and legal to do so, if you're driving, don't do either of these. However, when you pull over, do it. Number one, tweet it, put it on your I don't know, Facebook page, share it on your story, tell the world, the people who know you, who are going to run into you in the future and have conversations with you, tell them really clearly and really explicitly what it is that you intend to do, what your goal is, what your intention is, and then go and do it, right? It will make it far more likely that you do. Or if you don't feel comfortable doing that, if you're one of the many people who doesn't actually post on the internet, you just kind of view stuff on the internet, then just message me. Message me on Twitter, on Instagram, um, email me. If you can find my email address, I think it's out there somewhere. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you on here, but you get the idea, right? And tell me, and I will hold you externally accountable. I will set reminders in my calendar to follow up with you at whatever interval makes sense to make sure that you're doing the thing. Cause it will take two minutes of my time. It will take two minutes of the time of your friends, but it will extend out the probability of you actually doing the thing that's good to you, for you for weeks and months further than you otherwise would, right? So do one of those two things. All I want to say is that the the power of external accountability is huge and I'm learning that right now. And then the second thing I want to speak about very quickly, because there is an SD card in this camera recording it right now, I'm recording it slightly differently for the reasons previously stated, um, is that I've been thinking a lot about the idea that, and this kind of goes back to lockdown, and I, it came about through thinking about podcasting and running 5k, right? Because what are the two things that everybody tried to do during lockdown? They tried to launch a podcast and run 5k. And I look around me, people on Instagram, people on Twitter, people I know in real life, and so many people have given up on those goals, right? And that's kind of reflective of people giving up on broader goals, like launching a business, like building their career, like going to the gym really consistently for years and years to see the results, right? And I think one of the reasons, and I could be wrong, but follow me through with this. I think one of the reasons that people give up so soon is because they look at the professionals, right? They look at the sports people, the the Gymshark sponsored athletes. They look at the the business leaders, the like 0.01% people on Instagram with millions of followers. And they think that, because they're not at that level with the, the effort that they've so far put in, either they're lagging behind because they deserve to be there or they're never going to get there, right? Because if you truly believed that you could reach whatever goal it is that you have in life, you would continue going, right? There is very little reason to not continue doing something if you actually believe that you can do it. And so we can, we can only really conclude from that, that people give up because they think that they can't get there. But then you have to ask yourself this question, right? If you want to be the next Ed Sheeran, if you want to be the next Jimmy Carr, the next Marcus Rashford, I don't know much about football. I was watching Man U defeat West Ham last night as a West Ham fan family. Not good news. However, first player that popped into my mind, apparently not Declan Rice, shows how much I uh, follow West Ham. 
if you want to be one of these people, right, if you want to be on their level, you have to respect the fucking years and years that got them there, right? Why do you think that you are any different to your idols, right? If you, if you really look at the, the work that any person that we put on a pedestal puts in to get to where they're going, if you truly want to be that good, or even like 50% is good, 25% is good, why do you think that you only need to put in one, two, four percent of the effort, right? Look at the story of Ed Sheeran. He played probably close to a thousand gigs for free, right? Sofa surfing, playing open mic nights, not getting paid for shows. He played a thousand gigs for free before anybody cared about him. So if you want to be the next Ed Sheeran, why do you think that you only need to do four gigs before you give up, 10 gigs before you give up, two years of it before you give up? If you want to be the next great sports person, football player, tennis player, whatever, why do you think that when your idols were spending, you know, they were kicking a ball from free and at 13 and 14 and 15 and 16, they weren't going out with their friends, they were practicing and at 19 rather than doing nights out, they were practicing and at 22 and 23, they were really honing their craft and they were focusing in so deeply on the the slight nuances of things that they were getting wrong to make sure that by 24, 25, whatever it might be, they were where they needed to be. Why do you think that you need to do less? Like, how can you possibly expect to get to the same point if you're not putting in the same input? The same is true in business, right? Notwithstanding the, the business personalities online who perhaps aren't telling the full truth about their stories, there are many people online who are correctly and rightly idolized for the the decade, the two, the three decades of work they've put in, right? Everybody compares their progress to say Gary Vaynerchuk, right? The guy is like 50 and has been working basically nonstop for 30 years. How can you possibly measure your success or failure on the scale of one year relative to somebody who has been going for 30 years? This is all to say that I think that people give up too soon because they expect results similar to the absolute outliers for doing enough effort to put them smack bang in the middle of the average. Does that make sense? Like people expect to be able to put in normal inputs into their life and hope for extraordinary outputs. They put in enough effort to be average and then give up too soon because they haven't yet put in the time and the effort and the attention to be above average. But crucially, and we've spoken about this before, the only thing in the majority of things, obviously talent comes into this with things like sport, but like business, really, you don't need to be talented to be good at business. Music, to an extent, from what I understand, you don't need to be that talented when you begin to be good at music. Watch the, I think it's the songwriter documentary of Ed Sheeran. And he has that first ever song that he recorded when he was 15. It's shit, it's terrible. His voice is awful. The lyrics are rubbish, right? But he put in the reps for another decade before he sold out Wembley. He wouldn't have sold out Wembley if four songs in, he was like, oh, well, I don't sound like Damien Rice, so I may as well give up. This is all to say that people give up too soon. And in the vast majority of examples that I see in business and sport, in music, in life, in fucking everything, it's not that people are failing because they don't have the talent. It's because they're failing due to not going for long enough. Success in so many areas, I genuinely believe this, hence 155 episodes of this podcast, hence investing money into building YouTube setups, hence staying in the office till 11pm last night to deal with a client request that had to be done for the next morning, right? I believe that the majority of success on like a 20 year scale, which is the kind of game we're playing, right? Because success in your 20s isn't that important. Like you're kind of measured in life on your 30s and 40s onwards. Success on that scale is somewhat 
inevitable when you just put in the work. And people give up too soon because they compare themselves to people decades ahead. And then they say, well, I'm not getting there. So I'll never get there. That is silly. You shouldn't do that. I hope that made sense. I am rushing because this camera is about to run out of memory and I want to make sure that I get to properly fully test this setup. The last thing to tell you is that my conversation with David Robson will finally be out next week. Genuinely one of my favorite podcast guests ever. One of the most interesting books I have ever read, The Expectation Effect, which David authored. Incredible, really interesting. Um, It's been delayed so many times this conversation because of me, because of scheduling, right? When you work with publicists and people releasing books and all these books kind of release at the same time for different peaks and troughs in the season. Lots of conversations were scheduled to come out in January. There's not enough slots for it. So David, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not, but if you are, I apologize. Your episode is very late, but it will be out next week. I think that's everything. So thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you back here this time next week for episode number 156 of Life and Lessons. See you then. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.